Hi there, my name is Adam Waters and I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Bible Church in Elmhurst, Illinois. I'm just so glad that you made the decision to take us along with you this week on life's journey. Here at Grace Bible Church, we are a family of faith who seeks forgiveness, healing, and hope in Jesus Christ. Now, we might all come from different backgrounds, but each of us recognize that the tremendous needs in our lives point us to one place, to God, for His answers, His provision, and mostly, for His grace. I hope the following program gives you a new perspective on who God is, who you are, and how you too might find forgiveness, healing, and hope in our Lord Jesus. Thanks for listening. had some Sundays where you just, you've had enough church already at this moment with the worship team doing as marvelous as you did. Thank you, Michael. Great opportunity to worship. I could just go home right now. We've had enough worship opportunity. Since Pastor Waters already said I'm preaching, I think I will, though. Um, when we got, when I, Andrew and I got married, we lived far away from where I used to work. So as a reward and to keep me entertained while sitting in traffic, I got an Audible account. So Audible is an Amazon app that reads books to you. So it entertained me on my ride. Over the years, though, I've had one a month, so quite a few books in my arsenal. And I went through the, what I thought were classics at first. I started with, the, well, Star Wars. Then, I went, then you went to, like, a, some Narnia, the Harry Potters, the classics. Then I just kept going down the fantasy trail a little bit more after that. Until I got to really like, I like some more, a lot of fantasy. You know, go to the thrillers, the Stephen King section of the books. And, but to some degree, fantasy was my style. But there was one thread for most of a lot of those books. I get really frustrated when the ending is disappointing. When the ending is terrible, unsatisfying, it leaves me like I just wasted that month of listening. And not to tear down some of your favorite authors if I mention them, but I'm going to. And if you have a problem with that, comment in the section below on, you, on your YouTube channel why, I, why you disagree with me. But when I look through like Ernest Cline and Ready Player One and Two, stop relying on technology. That's, not, that's a crutch. Or Simone St. James, ghosts are not the answer to every plot hole in your book. Stephen King, aliens aren't the plot hole either. You can't just say aliens did it and just wrap up the book. That was a waste of two months. But the irritating section of these endings really bothers me because when writers, directors tell this wonderful story and then you get to the ending, it seems like you wasted your time. And that bothers me. It does with movies a lot too. And we can probably talk a lot about M. Night Shyamalan, but I'm not going to. But when, the, when we get to this narrative of the Bible, it's different. Because the, while the, the ending is not unsatisfying, it's not odd, it's not drawn out like so many other literatures in our world's history. Instead, it's perfect, flawless. The greatest love story as we've talked about throughout this series. And we have talked about our, the, our love series, this love story. And we've taken quite a few looks at it. While I'm finishing up the act one, what we call the love of God today, we're going to the greatest ending to the possible to the story, heaven. 
This ending of this story, the goal for us, is not like many bestsellers. Instead, it's written perfectly, where we talk about this new heaven, new earth, and where we're going to live with God forever in perfection. To help us understand John's revelation, this ending of this greatest dove story, we're going to come back to a lot of this central idea of for our time together. We'll be reminded of God's perfect love for eternity. We're going to be reminded of God's perfect love for eternity. Please open your Bible. I know Pastor Adam says it's always going to be on the screen. Nothing like the printed page. Keeps, keeps people in a lot of companies in business with that printed page. But it's open up to the Newer Testament in Revelation chapter 22. We're going to be looking at verse 1 and 2. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepped as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. We're going to be reminding ourselves of God's love for us with, the first, with a few set of reminders today. With the first reminder of God's love from Revelation is the first goal of love is paradise renewed. The first goal of love is paradise renewed. So John starts telling us about this forthcoming new heaven, this upcoming place that God will create with us, what he calls this new Jerusalem. And it will be coming prepared by God. But when I kept studying this, this little few verses in Revelation, it, I kept having this thought in the back of my head, right back there, where it kept saying, you, this, this is very familiar. This sounds familiar to you. Where have you seen this already? See if you can spot it. Let me give you a few descriptions of it. This is going to be a dwelling place made by for humanity, by God. It's going to be perfect. God and man are going to hang out, be together forever. What am I describing? The Garden of Eden. Yeah, exactly. Oh, gold star for peyote. (laughs) This is is going to be, am I describing this new heaven, or am I describing the Garden of Eden? They're kind of a lot more similar than we realize. This will be a place where God comes to be with his people. While this, only this time, the paradise of Eden is not going to be screwed up by the temptation and the choice of sin. This future home is going to be perfect. Absolutely perfect. And the quality of the new heaven and new earth is really not the point I'm going to focus on today. That's a whole different time of conversation we can have later on. We can probably spend hours fantasizing what it will be like in heaven. I know a lot. I have. It, but will this, do you think this new heaven and earth that God's going to create for us is going to be better than the other one? Is this possible? This blows my mind thought. A more perfect perfect? That's a, that's a lunch conversation that you can have. But as this theoretical conversation would be, we're missing the point because verse 2 shows us this. This paradise renewed of this new location for God's love for us, a place prepared by God for us all over again. This paradise renewed where God will be with us, it will not be the place where sin enters, however. The Garden of Eden, as we know in the book of Genesis, was created by God for Adam and Eve to live in. A paradise, as it's loosely translated, paradise. But God made it to be with his people. 
But then he gave them a choice. He gave us a choice, free will. And we know even Adam chose that chaos over perfection by eating that forbidden fruit. They chose to forego paradise, a place where God would walk. By the way, that's walk without direction, stroll with God aimlessly. That just sounds fun. They chose to forego that, a place of paradise, because of sin. Sin does that. Sin clouds our mind a lot. It causes us to do, well, terribly stupid things, which divides us from God. But in this paradise renewed, this new heaven and earth will be a place that God made for us with us in mind, for him to love on us forever. The vision that God gives us of this new Jerusalem in Revelation does have a lot of pointing back to the Garden of Eden, yes. Both places are created by God out of his enormous love for us to be with him. But the differences are still notable. This new heaven and earth, we will be with God forever. A place that has been planned by God since the beginning of time. There will be not, there will not, not be an opportunity for us to sin in our future home. Plus, as a bonus, it's named after Jerusalem. Only in this case, it's not going to have the same rebellious nature as the Jerusalem of the Old Testament. How do I know that? Look how it's described in verse 2, in where it says, um, thank you, Emily. And I, saw, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Well, this new dwelling place, this paradise renewed, shows us that God's love for us is described as a beautiful, as a bride on her wedding day. Now, I've had the opportunity to marry a few couples over my time as pastor. It's fun. It's fun to see these couples unite in marriage and start their lives together. And standing up there with a the groom, you get to see a lot of things, that, hear a lot of things that most people don't while sitting in the church. You get to see, a lot of times the wedding march plays, everybody stands up like appropriately, you know, stares at the back of the church, waits for the bride to come down. You want to see the bride. I get to see how, what the groom's reaction is. I get to see this, you, a lot, I've seen a lot of times the little smile creeps up on their face when he sees his blushing bride looking perfect, the woman he's chosen to be with for the rest of his life. There's a little moment of joy there. That is a comparison of us and God. Now, for me personally, I, I was the same way on my wedding day. I, with the, we, when the music played in the little chapel in Naperville we got married in, I saw my Andrea at the back right of the sanctuary. And whew, let me tell you, perfect is not the right word. She, unlike me, planned, you know, got beautiful and took hours to do that. She woke up early. I woke up. Doesn't take long to get this ready. <laughs> she got there, but I got to see this perfect bride coming to us, and that's exactly what it's like going to be in heaven, where this future home would be, an eternal paradise of God, where we are his bride. And he's excited for us to be with, this beautiful bride that he's waited for, this future home. But this new heaven and new earth is not the only goal of God and his great love for us. It's also a perfect place to be enjoyed, made by God for us, 
a place where we all should be. Which brings us to our second point today, our second goal of love is paradise enjoyed. Let's look at, please, at verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be with his people. And the God, and God himself will be with them as their God. New Jerusalem, this place that God created for us, is not just prepared by God, kind of like you would just kind of like microwave a frozen meal, just to, something just quick and easy, you know, just bare minimum effort. Something you need to eat to sustain your life. I did it, done. Dinner's done. It's in the freezer. No, 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 no. Instead, it's prepared for a place so we can be with God. We can bask and enjoy with him. A place where we can dwell with him and he can dwell with us. The interesting part to me, the interesting part is this word dwelling that's been used here. This dwelling place is in the Greek, skene. It's a Greek called word skene, which translates, in, when you look into the, the Septuagint, the Greek of the Hebrew Old Testament, is mishkana. Adam, Adam does it better than I do. Just forgive me. Mishkana, which both mean tabernacle, tent. This is the same dwelling giving us that Israel had all the years in the desert, that the place with the tabernacle that would walk with them, that this mobile tabernacle, this is not the same tabernacle that Solomon built. This is the one that mobile, that walked with them all the years until they reached, their, until they reached Israel all those years ago. God dwelt among them, walked with them, was surrounded was at the heart of them. And God will do the same with us. God will dwell with us forever. That is the goal of God God had all along, throughout all the time, all the recorded events that we can read about, throughout from creation to the fall, to our, the struggle, to the coming Messiah, to the Christ's death and resurrection, the church age, the future to come. The goal has been the same. God will dwell with us and we will dwell with him. That is what God wants, for us to be with him. Where for all of eternity, the saints will enjoy a new intimacy with God, which is really impossible right now where we live in a world that's surrounded by sin and death. That type of intimacy, that dwelling that we can't have right now, it's a level that we will have eternally. This is why paradise is a place for us to be loved by our God, an eternal future where we will be with him in this amazing, amazing place. Just let's pause for a second, take a different step back and think for a minute about this dwelling. This new heaven and new earth is made for us by God, where God wants to dwell with us. And it's going to be, it's very similar to the Old Testament mobile tabernacle where he was with his people. He spent with the people. And his love for us, God's love for us is great and perfect. He made this awesome place so we can spend eternity with him. That is love. That's where he wants his love for us, where he wants us to be with him. He loves you that much. And let me make sure you heard that. 
God loves you right now. Not the possible you. Not the future what if you. Not the you in church clothing. God loves you. The, that's why Paul said that for by grace we have been saved. God knows all about it. Still wants you and still loves you. That is what our God. The, which is why these verses are so important to us. To, for us to know, to understand about what our future home will be. Chapter 22 does a great job of giving this fantastic description of this permanent home. And yes, there's a lot more besides four verses, but I'm only focusing on four for time's sake. You have a, three hours where the bears are going to lose. Might as well read it. <laughs> you can read and talk about the beauty of heaven that's coming for us. Why? And say all those are secondary, though, as to why it's built. And that's because God loves us so dearly. It's a reminder of God's perfect love for us. Paradise with God is something that we will enjoy. Something I'm looking forward to. Being with the Almighty. Hanging out with him. Asking him a lot of questions. I had a professor that would always say the first thousand years in, in, in heaven, it's going to be theology class. God's going to get up in here. How did you get this wrong? Here it is. And then we're going to go, oh, yeah, obviously. Sure hope it's not going to be more enjoyable than theology class, though. Um, but we're going to dwell with him. And as enjoyable as that sounds, there's still one more word I want to focus on. Another word that added to our enjoyment and makes it even better, sustained. So our final point today is the final goal of love is paradise sustained. Please read with me verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eye, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. This section, this chapter of John's Revelation, has given me a new perspective on our future, this new heaven and earth that God has going to make for us. Not only as we have seen, this is future home with God is going to have shades of the garden, but better. It'll be a place of sheer enjoyment. It's going to be God wanting to be with you forever. It's going to be paradise. But sometimes my mind wanders, and it does that a lot. When I think about our time in glory, it's, I think a lot of time I'm going to get there and going to be like, yes, awesome. Now what? Like, it's kind of like when you go on a long vacation. After a long, you know, when you get to the nearing the last second, maybe, maybe just, this is just me. But when you get to the end of the long vacation, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this, this resort, this perfect picturesque land I'm in, meh, meh, I've seen a sunset already. I sat out 10 days. Ten, this is the 10th day. I'm tired of it. Perfect food, five-star food, yeah, eh, I can only eat so much steak. You know, you get kind of really tired of this perfect thing, and they'd be like, I just kind of want to go home to Chicago, sit in traffic, freeze, be disappointed. That's kind of what, oh, no, that's not what heaven's going to be like somehow. It doesn't become ordinary. 
But that's not what our time in, with God in glory. It's going to be all awe. No, meh. It's going to be unlike anything we'll ever know for all the time without any other adjective besides joyous. And as we saw in verse 4 that we just saw to get read together, we've never experienced this. We can't comprehend this. Why? Because it will be a future for all believers where there will be no pain or sin. Just God's love. Death. Sadness. Sorrow. Not possible. In God's overwhelming perfect love will not allow them. They will be eliminated. Maybe make sure you understand that. The things of this earth that we are constant with, the type of things that you can't get away with, the death, the sorrow, the terribleness, sin, sadness, disappointment, illness, not possible with God in our new place. Why? Because it's a paradise filled with holy love from God forever. These sinful, terrible things that we just succumb to as normal part of life, that we just kind of go with, well, yeah, you're going to get sick. Eventually we'll die. There's, ne there's negative things all around it. Yeah. We just think of that's just life on earth. That's not what the mindset we have by going into eternity. There will not be a, t a moment where we feel sad, where we want to cry, where we feel the need to mourn have pain of any kind, sin of any type. Not possible. And I don't understand that at that moment, which is why I'm so excited to look forward to it. Death will not have a last-minute victory. The curse has been over since Genesis. The curse of Genesis has been over. No more. God won. This is his victory lap. We will be joy-filled with our God who loved us, who designed us, and this place as the goal for us, with, so where we can spend eternity with him forever. And guys, this is not just a human lifespan we're talking about here. We're not going to be like 60, 80? Sorry. 60, 80 years where we go and then like, all right, that's a life. Thanks, God. I'm going now. No, eternity means never ending, forever. That's not just a human lifespan. This is a timeless place with our creator where it never is boring. It never is anything but amazing where we can spend time with God, with him forever. The perfect ending to God's love story for us. Can you see why we're so excited to talk about this love story? The ending of the book is the best part. And let me just tell you, the other parts of the book are pretty great. But as we can have look throughout the, the narrative of our Bible. But what if? As, you know, as my students know, that's a dangerous start of a new sentence. What if? What if this love story that we have talked about, that we're seeing today in Revelation... What if the story just ended with Jesus rising from the grave at the empty tomb? What if it just ended right there? And Jesus came back to life and everyone was happy. The end. Good story? 
Yes, very good story. Perfect? Not anymore. This, is, takes, this little tiny twist that we take it. It would take a perfect ending, a perfect narrative, the time where we can spend with God forever and worshiping him to, wow, what a great story. God came back to life, defeated sin. Not satisfying anymore, though. It, because it takes the love that God has for us, the creation, the plan that he had for redemption from our sin, through all of that. And then if we shave off any part of this, it, ruin, it humans up God's plan. It messes it up and ruins it. It will no longer take the joyous and, well, makes it a committee. If we end the story at any time, there are ramifications. If we delete even verse 4 that we just read, where heaven is no, there will be no pain, suffering, sin, then what do we get? Earth? Again? Eternity on earth? We just get to spend in winter the rest of our life for, without never ending? The using through the resources that we have? Is that what this will be like? If we twist any part of the story, change any part of it, we take this perfect ending of this great story and ruin it. It's just not perfect as God intended. And we see a lot about, we've seen a lot already today with the writings of John in his revelation, reminding us of God's perfect love for eternity, where he, we will dwell with him. And as we see our points today being, the first goal of love is paradise renewed. The second goal of love is paradise enjoyed. The third goal of love is paradise sustained. So what does that leave us today? One, we need to keep reminding those in our community, in our circles of influence, there is an end. It's not this earth and over. There's an end where there is a lot greater than this. That's something that we need to continue to remind people. The mindset of, well, I'm gonna go, I live on earth, I die, mm, that's just it, I cease existing. No, 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 friend. There's, a, there's heaven, there's eternity with God for those who accept the Lord as their savior, and it's gonna be bananas, great. If we put this as a film, this story, this narrative of the Bible, It'd be the, probably the best book, book film ever. I'm sure of it. Because, most importantly, it has a satisfying ending. It's not disappointing. It's not um, frustratingly bad, as we have seen a lot in a lot of movies and books. But God's love story will not be any of that. And all this talk about ending God's love story with this dwelling in new heaven and earth has got me really excited to, to go there. That should be the attitude that we have. This is not just like, meh, cool, and move on. This is not a move on type of thing. This is something that we need to share to, and help other people about this time where God wants to dwell with them. But for the here and now, this is going to be, does not mean we can't show God's love through our dwelling here and now. God's love story is not ended yet. But right now we're going to have a moment where Tim, Mr. Lohan, comes up 
and shares with us how he and a bunch of volunteers, workers, are providing dwellings for those in the here and now. All right. Saw um, Franklin Grand sporting a Harley-Davidson hat, so I felt it just uh, appropriate to return the favor this morning. Good morning. Um, 36, 43, 26. Sounds like your old locker number when you're running late to class and not going to make it. But 36, 43 is uh, my first picture, and that is Darwin. Darwin and his dog, Kiwi. And Darwin um, spent 13 years in prison, and he got saved. He got out. His work was really hard to find. And I related something to Darwin. I said, you know, I said there was a uh, couple in our Sunday school class, and they sat in back for a while, and finally they asked prayer for their son, and they needed prayer to, that his son would know what to do when he got out. And I said to Darwin, I said, you know, the pastor is of our church now was their son and tears started coming down his cheeks. And um, we have his wife, Cindy. Uh, also, uh, they were serving us lunch, just very uh, humble people. They're living in a trailer, and then their house is right there watching it come back together, a dwelling, if you would, for them. And um, she had fallen and had a, a needing a CT scan, so these are people that we just had a short, brief time with that we were able to pray for. Um, we finished siding their house, and on Wednesday we shifted gears and we ended up at Joe and Karen's. Uh, Joe's a retired um, truck driver. Uh, you can move on ahead there to see some of their uh, homes as well. Um, just skipping some of the other slides here at uh, uh, Darwin and uh, um, Cindy's, but uh, they live on 300 lake acres of land, um, uh, third generation farmers. And when we got there, there were these 16 posts standing out of the ground 10 feet high. And they go, well, we're going to need to level these. And then we start building up from these uh, posts that are now 8 feet high. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of vertical work and more prayers and more tears with this couple. And um, so it was just a, a peck-filled week of uh, leaving people laughing and crying. And by the time Friday night comes, it's our pleasure as a group, uh, the team that went down there is to take the uh, leadership of Samaritan's Purse out to dinner. And you'll see us sitting at dinner there and um, sitting next to a 25-year-old guy. And uh, he's not sure what he's going to do with his life, but he's been with Samaritan's Purse for a number of years, working alongside with his dad. And for you guys who are in our band of brothers, I actually just sat there for about 25 minutes and was doing pies. And if you know what pies is on a Thursday night, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, we all share what's going on in our lives. And it was a powerful moment that I had brought Grace Bible's Bob group down to Louisiana. And, 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 and God was working there in a, a great way. Um, the volunteer staff, we were thankful to see younger college-age people coming from Oregon, fighting fires out there in California. And then there was 70-year-old Bama Bob. Him and his wife were working down there in Louisiana, and we packed up on Saturday, and I hugged him, and he says, well, we're off to Florida now, roll tide. And uh, they were headed to Fort Myers area where the hurricane just hit to volunteer again for another week. 
just uh, really powerful. So my thank you on behalf of Pathways Church um, and West Sub and City View and Grace Bible, our seven guys represented the churches this year on this trip. It's very powerful. And all the time I'm working in Louisiana, I'm texting my wife, giving her a report, and she goes, well, you know, my sister is down here in Florida and we've been uh, shopping. And I'm like, okay, there's nothing new there, but uh, they were shopping for clothes for the people of Hurricane Ian, which lost everything. And she was doing a little bit of Samaritan's Purse 2.0, and I started to plant some seeds, and I thought, you know, we had planned to be down there for a short hop, and uh, I said to her, I said, well, what do you think about volunteering for a day? Oh, I don't know if I could do that. It's just, you know, oh. And she looked at the website. So on Wednesday, 7.30 in the morning, we're sitting at CityGate Church parking lot, and it's packed with Samaritan's Purse people. And my wife and I, I'm watching her, and she's like, oh. So we uh, head out, and uh, there's this couple, um, uh, uh, Sarah and her husband, uh, Ben, I believe it was. And uh, she gave us all the organization for the day and packed our tools in the truck and everything. And Sarah finally prays, and she goes, all right, we've made our plans. We're going to see what God has planned for us for the rest of the day. So it's just very powerful um, to go through that um, and just see that. And, you know, having Laurel uh, be part of my trip there for uh, after uh, 16 trips going on my own, we thought, well, she could cook for a week or whatever. It was kind of a, like she thought a bucket list item for me. So if you don't see me next week, my list was shorter than I thought. So with Missions Conference just in our rearview mirror here at Grace, started to make me uh, just think about our history here at Grace, you know? And um, back in 1975-76, <clears throat> after a week of missions conference, we would go Sunday to Sunday. And there was things packed during the week. Saturday was youth night. And on the last Sunday, it was Pastor Brummy or the guest speaker. He would come down here. And after speaking, he would just stand there for a moment. And he goes, all right. He says, what has possibly God pricked your heart to this week? Has he been speaking to you? Maybe it was at a luncheon. Maybe it was a Sunday school class. Maybe it was something the speaker or he said about missions. And it was an invitation to come forward and, and, and get out and commit your life to the Lord. And so having that happen in 1975-76, I got up out of a pew. I'm not sure where I was sitting. I saw Tim Keel. He got up out of a pew. Before you knew it, there was like 20 or 30 of us. And we were standing out front here. And uh, it was just a prayer of commitment and encouragement to say, I'm ready. I don't know what the Lord has for me, but I'm willing to do so. Um, and with that, um, we, we, we had a prayer of commitment, and then for the next year, we would just be checked up by those who were praying for us. But I wanted to tell you about volunteering and missions. It's very contagious. And uh, you know what? It's more than COVID, and it's better for you. But I want to tell you about Grace's um, generational wealth here, and it's not money, it's people. And it goes back to people like um, Pastor McDonald, whose son, uh, or Pastor McDonald, who was in Venezuela, Jack and Miriam, uh, Phil and Elaine went to Spain, their son Andy is serving in Germany, 
You had the Brochecks in Trinidad, Keels to France, Keels to Peru, Keels to Africa, and the sister Nancy Keel Tischler to Japan. We had three Keels on three different continents at one time. Um, June Zaruba, who was in the youth group, is now June Sparks in Australia. Debbie Allen, she was in the youth group. She's Debbie Taslar. They were serving in Mexico. Curtis here was taking people to China. Then the next ones came in, coffees. They're in India. The Grosses were in Turkey. The Whitmans now in Italy. Swiderskis are the chosen people working. We had Fogels in the Philippines. And now we have, like, Mark and Kathy Detoli's daughter, Kimmy, and her husband. They're working at Camp, Camp Utmost. And recently, Bree Evans, just to name a few. Um, so you say, how do I get there? Well, every, every time you plan a journey, it's with one step. And I'm just going to ask you this morning if God has been speaking to you. And it doesn't matter your age because I watched 70-year-old Bama Bob, Roll Tide, get up in his vehicle and head to Florida. It doesn't matter your age. It matters your heart. And I know for some of you, you go, I don't know if I could go to Africa. I don't know if I could go across. Where's my mission field? It could be out your front door and across the street to your neighbors. Do you know why I know that? Because I live on that block and my son does too. We have 26 kids under 16. You need a parking pass just to get down the street when they're riding all over. It's incredible. So here I am, Lord, send me. I'm just going to take a moment and maybe just ask you what the Lord has for you in missions. Maybe it's here in Awana. Maybe it's Sparks. Maybe it's a week just volunteering somewhere. It could be three months in Spain with our brother Jim Fossold in Camp Lacadia. What has God been speaking to in your heart? So Pastor Fox is going to close us here in a minute. I'm going to give you an opportunity to join me as I was back here in 75 and 76 and say, I would like to commit my life to the Lord. Where would I go? Where would he send me? Maybe if you've been a missionary, we can pray for you. Dan, Bill, maybe you guys could come up and uh, we can also uh, lift these up in prayer. It just takes one step in front of the other. Here am I, Lord, send me. We can be examples of you throughout our missions work, Father. Missions does not have to be only overseas, far away. Father, it's by, it could be in our own community, in our own spheres and circles of influences. Father, I thank you for this example, this reminder from Mr. Lohan about, here I am, use me. Father, help us to be examples of this, from sharing this joyous message of our future home in heaven with you for those who know you as your Savior, Father. Help this to be an example that we can share with everyone and change their life, that they have a God who loves them, that they have a God who wants to be with them. Father, be, help us to be the, your messengers throughout all the opportunities we have to even serve here just in our own church, with the youth group, with our audio team, with Awana, and so forth. 
Father, I thank you for the opportunity that we can and help us to do it often. You may pray. Pastor Adam here. Well, I want to thank you for tuning in to Grace Bible Church, and I would love to hear what you thought of today's program or of ways that we can be praying for you and with you. So check us out on social media at GBCL. Also, if you would like to support our ministry, you can give securely at our website at www.gbclm.org. Now remember, God loves you, and so do we.